0: even hear it all right uh <laughs> welcome to today's episode of juicing the numbers uh your statistics and sports podcast i'm your host joshua tracy and i'm corwin heller and uh today we're going to be talking about ranking um some of the nfl running backs and tight ends this is uh, the third installment of uh this thing that we've been doing we did quarterbacks two weeks ago we did wide receivers last week we're combining running backs and tight ends this week because uh the bottom tier of them are names you gotta google um which i'm taking directly from a from uh, a tier of running backs i had which was names i had to google so uh we're gonna be doing that i figure corbin we could talk really briefly about the world of sports reopening i say briefly because it's not all some of it's concrete. The NBA is concrete right now as to what their plan is. Uh, the NHL seems like it's close to something pretty similar, uh, whereas the MLB is a colossal question mark. Um, so, uh, let's. Do you want to spend like a, just a little bit of time talking about where those things are at right now? Since I think we have actual, um, albeit minor, discussion points. Sure. So the NBA has announced their plan to have twenty-two teams. Uh, come down to, um, uh, I think Florida, right? I'll meet up in Florida.
1: Florida
0: yeah. yeah, to finish out the season, do Florida basic have laws. Yeah, yeah, fucking none. You, you, you could, you could just go around fucking chopping people's fingers off and eating them in hot dog buns, and everyone's like, "Yeah, man, that's
1: like page three news down there."
0: Oh my god, yeah, back page shit. <laughs> it's not even, unless you're an elected official, you're not touching page two. Uh, <laughs> So the meeting down there, they're going to do like a. a I think they said like a few games for seeding purposes, eight and games. then eight games. Thank you, and then they'll move into uh, a playoff. And this seems totally reasonable, you know. You take out eight teams, four from each conference, that were definitely not going to make it anyway, or were ex- at least exceedingly statistically likely to not make it anyway, and. um That just limits the number of people you have to be concerned about when it comes to COVID testing, which I know you might say, "Eh, eight teams, like how many people is that? But it's eight entire teams, eight training staffs, eight coaching staffs, eight securities teams. Like it's, it compounds pretty quickly. So I think that's actually a really great way of just reducing, trimming the fat, so to speak, to put it in, I guess, a kind of blunt way or or maybe grotesque way. Um, But I think this is, this is a really solid plan. They're going to have ever, it sounds like it's going to be a contained environment. So they might not have to be as paranoid as you might uh, have to be if you did a a lot more traveling. And um, this seems like something they could get going pretty quick.
1: Yeah. I do want to clarify uh, it will be 13 teams from the Western Conference and nine teams from the Eastern Conference. Oh, that I
0: didn't know. I blindly spoken, just assumed uh, I was right.
1: You know, a moderately small detail, but yeah it's uh it's gonna be weird because this is very much outside the box with their thinking. Uh, I'm excited to see it. Uh, I think it's going to be uh exciting basketball, and I hope that the rust kind of comes off quickly because I feel like eight games isn't a lot before you know the playoffs. Mm, excuse me. Um, but <clears throat> it should be super exciting.
0: Yeah, obviously they're not going to have, um, they're not going to be in the exact same. The players I'm am saying shouldn't be or w- won't. Oh my God, are likely to not be in the same playing condition they were when the season was going on. But at the same time, basketball I think is one of the sports that you can get where your practices can be closer to how you actually play than you will get in, especially baseball, because there's nothing like facing real pitching, and for a pitcher, there's nothing like facing real hitting. Um, or hockey where, yeah, you can practice your shooting drills, but having um, the speed of the game not be what it is, I think is a big detriment. And this isn't to say basketball is lesser by any means. If anything, this is one of the things that makes basketball a great sport is that you can practice individually and get very good results out of it and will probably lead to to the NBA picking up to a pretty decent quality of play pretty quickly, which I think will be so, so needed for fans. And again, as we've said on the pod previously, If basketball comes back and there's nothing else to watch, I am watching every single game.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think the biggest thing is going to be conditioning just because of how difficult it is to get in basketball condition because it is just so just unrelenting with just the back and forth and just nonstop running, nonstop effort. You know, it's it's similar to hockey in that way, but. Hockey shifts are like a minute to two minutes long where guys like LeBron James are playing 45 of the 48 minutes in a game. So that'll definitely be something to see. I have confidence in a guy like LeBron James and the top tier guys to be continuing along with their training regiments and staying up to speed. But, you know, it it's going to be interesting. Excuse me, to see uh, how it actually ends up turning out.
0: So I'm going to assume, and based on rumors I've been hearing, uh, I would. it seems very likely that the NHL does something very much so along these lines. Again, it makes sense, um, and it's. A, it seems like a really creative and also intuitive way to do this. So um, I'd imagine they're going to follow suit, which, again, I would have zero complaints with. Um, Football, of course, still hasn't yet been affected in terms of their playing season and they've been allowed to reopen camps. So, so far, there's nothing to really mention on that front. But baseball um, is trying to commit suicide, (laughs) apparently. Um, So the owners have proposed a 50 game schedule, which is um, insane. The players proposed a 114 game schedule which has a logical middle ground of 82 games approximately half a season which everyone would go yeah that makes sense and the owners have apparently said fuck no to and are asking the players to reconsider and renegotiate and the players are refusing to renegotiate because they don't see any point if they're going to be asked for more salary cuts and um less playing time, which really just means that whatever per game salary reduction they're already going to take with fewer games, they'll be getting less of it and apparently both sides are hostile Um, the players I think are so incredibly in the right that it's not even fair to call one side fighting for justice and one side fighting for penny pinching. I don't think it's even fair to call the side for justice hostile. I think that's just integrity Um, And the owners are being trash about it. And the vibe that I've been seeing, people say, is the case on Twitter and other platforms, is that the owners don't seem like they give a flying fuck if this season happens. And that is a mind-boggling thought. Yeah,
1: um, I just... I wish I could say I at least understood where the owners were coming from. You know, usually when we talk about those things, it's you got to play devil's advocate a little bit so you can understand both sides Um, outside of just not wanting to pay these salaries when their revenues are going to be cut anyway. It seems just unreasonable. I just I don't know what they're trying to accomplish other than reducing costs. Um, You know, in any business, in any market, in any any line of work, labor is always going to be, you know, the highest cost uh, for a company. And when, you know, your employees are making millions of dollars, thousands of dollars every time they show up to work, not wanting them to come to work is a pretty clear indication that, you know, you don't want to pay them. Because if they're not going to be able to make money off of concessions, they're not going to be able to sell tickets, not make money off of this. Um, you know because there's a time limit to this, the t v revenue is gonna be i don't know how that would even be broken down with so many games going on in such a short period of time um but i I just it's ridiculous
0: and it just seems to have no. it it seems like they are just so disconcerned with what this could do to the long run. Mm -hmm. I mean, a year without any sport is so detrimental. It's why you see owners constantly fighting to not have, um, um, strikes. Yes. Lockouts because it loses you revenue. And it seems like the owners are just, Throwing in the absolute towels, you know, like, hey, we're going to lose revenue anyway. We lose revenue if we don't play the games. We lose revenue if we do. And that might be true of 2020. But what happens in 2021? Like, you're not just pissing off the players. You're pissing off the fans. And the players are going to stay because they have contracts. They pay them a ton of money. They're currently living their dream, their childhood dreams to play for these teams. Something that they have worked at for oh my god probably since all these guys were old enough to play little league when they were like six you know so they're not going to go anywhere but the fans i mean god if there's anyone on the fringe or anyone who loosely pays attention to baseball because it's a it's like the only sport on during the summer and what else are you going to do fuck they might just get a new different fucking hobby you know they right so like we're two dudes that don't don't watch basketball And
1: we're here talking about how we're going to watch every game when it's on because that's what we have to watch. And there's just no way around that. When baseball comes back, we're big enough fans where that's not an issue for us. We're going to come back, no questions asked. We're going to watch baseball. To people who aren't necessarily very, very big fans of baseball, and they got into basketball, and it's what they watched last year, and They got into it. They're excited for the next season. It's hard. Like, people don't have the kind of time that, you know, you and I spend digging into, you know, all the things about the sport that we love, you know, increasing our knowledge and whatnot. They might just let baseball fall to the wayside because they found a new love called basketball or whatever other sport they end up watching instead. And that's how sports die. Um, and it's, it's sad because both of us don't want this to happen. We don't want them to have to learn their lesson by losing money and whatnot. We want basketball or baseball, excuse me, to thrive. We want this to be just incredibly exciting. Um, and it's just, it sucks that it's getting to this point because nobody is winning in this scenario at
0: all. No, not a single person. and you know, one of the the big things is like like you've been saying, that just the fact that people have options, you know, and I, something I haven't considered until just this moment is you know I, I'd like to think I'm a pretty uh, socially conscious dude that 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 has beliefs and does his best to act on them, and I don't want to support the owners any more than I already have after all this um, with my with my money. Because this is this is crazy, and but at the same time, I want to keep watching baseball. I'm gonna illegally stream every game I can. I and I usually don't. I usually you know either uh, sign up for something that I have to pay for, or I watch the um, the the on TV like with the you know paid advertisements and all that shit. Um, because I want to support the Yankees and all that. Fuck that shit. Absolutely, I will. I will make my life more challenging by having to find a way to put, uh, to to constantly take on and off uh, a laptop to my TV and constantly find uh, illegal streams just to dick the owners out of revenue if they're going to be like this, so that I can watch baseball a little bit more guilt free. Because you know what? It's not even that much more work. To, to to illegally stream the games to 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 save your conscience and to to not give the owners the ad revenue. It really isn't. It's easy. It's incredibly easy. So, not that I early. mean, no, we would never break the law here. But uh, I mean, that there's other ways of people maintaining their devotion to their team without having to support the uh, the team itself. I I hope to God jersey sales go down and fuck the teams over. Any way that the teams make revenue that does not directly impact the players, I hope. Decreases because fuck them after this.
1: So you want to talk about some other sports now?
0: All right, yeah. Do you want? All right, so we're gonna we're gonna do some rankings. Corwin, do you want to start with uh, with running backs or tight ends?
1: Let's start with running backs.
0: All right, all right, cool. So Corwin, in typical fashion, because he's just so fucking good at this, Great. um, has done more players than I did. Um, so. Corwin, why don't you go ahead and give me uh, the players that you have here? And you said you had, uh, you had 32, right?
1: 32. Not from 32 teams. I didn't rank all the starters. I just did the top 32 running backs in my mind.
0: Perfect. So I, I did 20 because, like I said, I get down to a certain point with some of these positions, and the names must be presented to me. I will not think of them myself. <laughs> so... um. With this 12-player discrepancy, uh, we're going to give Corwin the floor here to run us through who, uh, in his mind, 32 through 21 are. uh, And hopefully none of the names on my list are that low. Um,
1: Yeah, so I have... So I did this in tiers like we did with wide receivers. So my bottom two tiers take me from 24 to 32. So I think I'll do the last two tiers and then my tier will just have four more players than yours when we get started. Sure. Sounds good? Cool. Yeah. So my bottom tier. Only three guys here. Um, I'm sure there would be maybe another name or two here, uh, guys like Marlon Mack or whatever have you. But uh my bottom tier, 30 to 32, I have Carrion Johnson, David Montgomery, and Sonny Michelle. Um, all three of these guys are you know second third year players who were drafted relatively high first second round uh that either have been put in a timeshare or have been replaced outright like in the case of On Johnson um you know these are guys that I think can still perform uh some to better extents than others um but they kind of have not really broken out and proven themselves to be Guys who can carry the ball 300 times a season. Um, on Johnson is definitely the highest of these three that I have here. Um, I think he's the kind of guy that can still go and leave Detroit, hand over the reins to DeAndre Swift, and uh, have himself a lot of success elsewhere. David Montgomery, will see what he can do this year with hopefully an improved offense. And then Sonny Michel... We'll see if he's even allowed to carry the rock 200 times this season. Uh, But, yeah. Uh, My second-to-last grouping here, I'll start from the bottom, work my way up. I have Matt Breida here. Love his speed, love his vision, um, love what he can do with the ball in his hands. Uh, I tried to do this minimizing uh, health concerns, but, you know, a guy who is oftentimes more hurt than he is healthy. Um, you haven't really seen a whole lot of him. You haven't really seen him be able to do it. Consistency over the course of a full season with a workhorse with a full workload. So this is where he lands. Then we have Devin Singletary, um, another young guy who has shown spurts but hasn't really had the whole thing. Uh, David Johnson is a guy I probably should have had more lead up to uh david johnson i have here at 27 uh if you asked me this two years ago he probably would have been somewhere in the top five very likely to be in the top 10 uh almost certainly in the top 10 excuse me but watching him run last year after all these knee injuries he just does not look like the same guy Um, he definitely has lost a step with some speed uh and just has not been able to perform since his rookie and sophomore season uh so i i can't put him any higher uh i've chris carson here right above him uh great running back who just is a little one dimensional um not totally in love with his style but he's he's successful he has definitely uh outperformed what i thought he would have done the past couple of years Uh, And then we have J.K. Dobbins, rookie who we haven't seen in the NFL yet. Uh, I did not uh, bundle up all the rookies in this because I think there is a talent differential. But I have seen almost all of his games when he was at Ohio State. Um, Some games hurt a little more than others, which is fine. That's how it is. Uh, I hate that he went to the Ravens now. But you know what? He is a very good runner. We'll see how good he is. Probably not fully this year, but next year if they move on from Mark Ingram, we will see him be able to fully blossom. And then rounding out uh, the second tier is Raheem Mostert, uh, a guy that I think uh, if Kyle Shanahan gives him the reins uh, and has him be essentially the 1A in San Francisco this year, we will definitely see jump up these rankings. Love his vision. Uh, love his acceleration. Uh, very good back.
0: Right on. So what number are we on now? Uh, I have
1: 24 done. Uh, do i want me to give my next tier, and then you can give yours since you have less guys there. You can go first because I just did two. I don't really care.
0: Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, all right, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> um, I call this bottom group that I have... Um, Injuries and general question marks? Um, it's only four guys. Um, I, again, I I had a hard time placing everybody. Everyone's special. Everyone contributes in their own way. Uh, no, but the, these are guys, I because they're in the, the top 20 still. Uh, I guess actually I have, no, I have 20. I thought I had 21. I have 20. Um, but I'll put it this way. David Johnson's in this tier for me. Um, Can he still be great later? Sure. He's got to do it. Um, So for this tier for me, I have David Johnson, uh, Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette, and Melvin Gordon, Um, which I felt super weird about putting him here. But um, at the same time, he has been in the league for a while, and um, I... Thought this would be as good a place as any for him. Um, uh, (laughs) Honestly, I, you know, I I haven't brought stats up so far into into uh, doing this, Um, but he had a total of uh, 908 yards from scrimmage last year It was his first year under a thousand since his sophomore campaign. Um, He played in 12 games, which is uh, the exact same amount he played from last year. Um, and his stats just kind of like all took something of a step back from what they were in the previous seasons. Um, and I felt kind of awkward about putting him here, but at the same time, I think I can justify it in my mind well enough. Uh, but he's probably the highest profile person I have low and I'm very scared for where you have him. Um, but. Yeah, those are the my four guys. Todd Gurley um, has arthritis in his knee. Like, this has been a thing for uh, pretty much since he signed his monster contract. It's been an absolute travesty because he is such a fun running back. But, and this is one of the things I'm, I guess I'm going to be touching on as I go through my list is like running backs a volatile fucking position. And it's easy and I think justifiable for you to put a guy who had one great season near the top of your list. Because chances are he has a really small window of doing it again, and he might be able to. And if there's someone who has one really bad season, and you put them at the bottom of your list, that also could be justifiable because the shelf life for running backs is really small. And there's not a lot of dudes who have like great bounce-back seasons, in part because it's tough, and in part because they're not always given the option by their teams because it's so replaceable. So uh, Leonard Fournette has been inconsistent in his past couple seasons, and... You already touched on David Johnson. It's been a very, very unfortunate ride for him, but here's here we are. So, yeah, there's my list.
1: Dope. All right, so my, uh, I don't have names for my tiers. I am really upset that I didn't um, because that would have been way more fun than just saying the third to last tier, but whatever. Here's my third to last tier. <laughs> uh, starting at the bottom, now we're here. Uh, I have Aaron Jones. Um, he had a very productive season in Green Bay, scored a lot of touchdowns. I just am not sold on him being higher than, you know, being a top 20 running back skill-wise. Um, it's it's one of those things where I just I don't watch him enough to be able to definitively say he's... Not a top twenty skilled skilled running back um, but I also don't care enough about him to spend all that time watching his film. um so what I have seen, this is where he goes. next up, I have James Connor uh when healthy, he is way more dynamic than people give him credit. Uh, and I don't want to say an excellent pass catching back, but a very, very serviceable uh and outright good one. Um he runs with power. He's tenacious. He beat cancer. What else do I have to say? Um he also plays for the Steelers, so I'm biased and I'd like to have that be known. Um next up another power guy in Mark Ingram. Um he is probably I want to say the oldest running back on this list. He's like 31 right now, but he still gets it done um this is what i presume to be his final season being a premier starting running back and he just happens to do it for arguably the most dynamic offense in the league right now uh, and he's gonna still get it done um i don't know why i have him here i just i part of me wants to put him lower because doesn't catch the ball much. He's really just a power guy. He's not you know, the best power guy in the NFL, but he is very good at it. But I also want to put him higher because it's Mark Ingram and he's so damn pretty every year.
0: I know. I had the same I had the same debate. I had him I had him in my lowest tier to start. Uh, again, not for any production reason, just because he's old and like it seemed like a fitting spot for him. And then I was like, I should look at his numbers real quick. And they're still fucking incredible.
1: Yeah, uh, so this is where it is. This was my compromise, having 21, uh, well, I guess, in this tier. Uh, Then we have Austin Eckler, excellent receiving back, underrated between the tackle. Well, not necessarily between the tackles, but running the ball. Um, I think we will see definitively who he is now that Phillip Rivers isn't dropping the ball off to him 56 times a game. Um, But I think he is... Has the talent to get it done. Uh, next up, we have Kenyon Drake, who finally blossomed after getting the fuck out from uh, the Miami Dolphins and the remnants of Adam Gase. Um, it's funny. Where but, is he now? Uh, the Who, Adam Gase or Kenyon Drake?
0: Adam Gase. No.
1: Um, he is in the fun city of New York coaching the New York Giants. Oh, wait,
0: no, the Jets. The Jets. He's coaching the, the the bad team that that uh, plays in New York. Can you oh, trade yeah, him to just... like
1: the fucking Mets and see if that works?
0: Uh can we trade him to Satan?
1: <laughs> He's already made a deal with him.
0: Uh, yeah, they, they they do blow together on the weekends.
1: Uh next up I have Leonard Furnett. Uh a guy that people are shitting on constantly. But I just don't get it. The man is uberly talented. Uh Gets hurt a little bit. Was healthy last year, but I I don't necessarily trust that health to maintain. Uh, Caught a lot of balls last year because there was no one else to do that, but was moderately effective in that stance, but uh, still a very good running back. And then to close out, we have two rookies here, DeAndre Swift and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, Two very different stylistic runners, DeAndre Swift, uberly athletic, excellent pass catcher, very fast guy, Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, not the most athletic guy, still an excellent runner. Uh, You know, you hear it a lot, but he is essentially a Brian Westbrook mold, uh, especially playing for Andy Reid now. Um, Different styles, uh, both very good, kind of bunch these two together just a little bit. Um because it's hard to see what they'll be able to do. Um uh, but I definitely think Clyde Edwards player will be more effective early on. And that's my tier. That is tier five for me.
0: So how many how many players are you or uh what is the, the next 15, player? All right. You you got what I was saying. All right, thank you. <laughs> I was really struggling. <laughs> uh, uh, um, also DeAndre Swift is an amazing name for a running back. Absolutely.
1: Oh my God. He that's in the Penn state. And then he didn't. And that makes me sad.
0: Sorry, buddy. Uh, I hope you feel better soon. All <laughs> right. all right. So my next tier is, um, guys that are performing now that I don't know if it can keep going. Um, but have but like are coming off of really good seasons. Um, and it's some names that we, you just mentioned. Um, this is a this is a small one. This is four guys. Um, actually, is it five guys? I think I might have fucked up real quick. <laughs> Oops. Uh, give me one fucking second, because I think uh, did Josh make a mistake? It wouldn't be uncommon. Yeah, I did. All right. Uh. <laughs> Uh, all right, so there's five guys. So I have I have here Mark Ingram, um, because as we said when when Corbin mentioned his name, he's I I my instinct was to put him lower because he's just so old for a running back, but goddamn, he keeps doing so fucking well everywhere he goes. It's insane, and I love him for that. So I'm all aboard for Frank Gore 2.0. Um, after that, I have Kenyon Drake because he. Did nothing in Miami. Oh, so the the question mark with Mark Ingram. The reason I have him in like this kind of question mark tier is because he is old, and you have to wonder where the drop off comes. Uh, same thing with Kenyon Drake. He's yes coming off of a great season, but at the same time, like he didn't do a lot when he was in Miami. Not saying that's necessarily his fault because I am currently on the Adam Gase ride, and I want off. But <laughs> um, I got to see what he becomes. You know, um, still great production, but. That's the question mark. Which brings me to Aaron Jones, a guy that Cora mentioned already. All the same things. He scored like a thousand touchdowns and had a great season, um, finally helping take some of the burden off of Aaron Rodgers doing literally everything in Green Bay. But at the same time, it's like, how much of that is Aaron Jones and how much of it is just better scheming around the running back part of the game instead of having Aaron Rodgers do everything? And in that same vein, Chris Carson, because again maybe he's a product of uh, the seattle seahawks needing someone that's not named russell wilson to hold the football for a while and chris carson's that guy maybe he's actually better than we all gave him credit for before the season started who the fuck knows but he did a bunch of shit last season we'll have to see if it carries over based on talent or scheme um and finally i have miles sanders um Uh, who just finished up his rookie campaign in Philadelphia. Um, I was waffling with whether or not to put him higher, but I just don't know. He had a great season, uh, over 1,300 yards from scrimmage, uh, 500 receiving yards and 800 uh, rushing yards. Uh, Great season. Um, I really have nothing even really negative to say because he ain't old, and there's no real question marks there. Um, And I have him right higher on the cusp, but I've decided to put it in only because um, the only question mark being, the general question mark of running backs is, can you do it again? Um, but another very promising dude, talented, the youngest guy on this part of my list. And uh, um, maybe I have him underrated now. I'm waffling again. So I'm going to see the mic over to Corwin. sender, I yield yes. my time. You. Um, what, were, what were
1: your guys in that tier just in order again? Just so I make sure I have them all and not forget one.
0: Yeah, From from, from bottom going up, uh, Mark Ingram, Kenyon Drake, Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, Miles Sanders. Dope. All
1: right, so next up on my list, uh, this is my fourth tier because, again, I did not come up with creative names. You're welcome. Uh, starting off, we have Melvin Gordon. Uh, we've seen what he can do in San Diego. Josh touched on that a little bit. Um I don't think he's going to necessarily be a bell cow runner in Denver just because they have just a lot of guys there, a lot of draft capital and or past history. Um, But the skill says it all. Guy has just uh, a good ability all around to get it done. Uh, I think hopefully with the offensive weapons they have there, he should be able to avoid running in eight-man boxes uh, and put up a good season. But again, you know, it's it's hard to say how well he's going to perform if he's going to be able to, to pull away from guys like Phillip Lindsey uh, and definitely should be able to pull away from Royce Freeman. But uh, yeah, Melvin Gordon. Next up, I have Miles Sanders here. Josh just mentioned him. Uh, love him, not just because he went to Penn State, but because he's a fun runner. Uh, great balance, good vision, um, g- good, good athlete. Uh, I think this year with, you know, less competition from guys like Jordan Howard, I think he'll have uh, a nice little breakout season. Should be fun to see. Next up, I have Le'Veon Bell, which it pains me to have him this low because I love that man. But, you know, last year was the first time we saw him in a long time running the ball. And it was a big decrease in offensive line talent. It was a big decrease in usage. And we saw the change. You know, he didn't necessarily look like himself. He didn't play like himself. Um, But I still believe in the talent. I still believe in the vision, the patience, everything he can do with the football. Hopefully this year, the offensive line got a little better. He can perform better. Hopefully Adam Gase just stops being Adam Gase. Uh, But... Hopefully, hopefully, better years are ahead uh, in the twilight years of Le'Veon Bell. Uh, and then next up, I have Todd Gurley here. I'm worried about the knee, but short term, I think he has enough in him. Uh, who should be healthy enough to play for at least this season, next season, whatever it may be. Um, I think he's going to be behind a, an above-average line in Atlanta. I think they're going to use him like they signed him to a one-year deal, uh, which is they're going to run the fuck out of him and just let him cut loose. Uh, I think he's going to perform very well, uh, especially since he did he looked like Todd Gurley last year. It just happened to be behind one of the worst offensive lines in football in the Los Angeles. Um, so I'm expecting a nice bounce back from him this year. Uh next up is uh, the final rookie on this list, Jonathan Taylor. I think this guy has a chance to be an all-time great running back. Unstoppable in uh Wisconsin throughout his career. Watched him play a lot of football and I'm just so wildly impressed. Uh I, the only knack of his is, you know, he doesn't have the best ball security. Um but even then, it's it's not detrimental to his game. He is wickedly fast, better receiver than you might imagine from his college production. Um, I think behind the Colts offensive line, he's going to be fantastic and is going to shoot up this list. Uh, but it's hard to see. Uh, it's hard to put him any higher without seeing him play in the NFL, same with the rest of the rookies I've I've listed previously. And then to round out this tier, I have Josh Jacobs of the Raiders. Had a great rookie season. Um, I think the sky's the limit for this guy. Um, it's just whether or not the Raiders offense can figure it out. Uh, so, yeah, that's my fourth tier. Love it. Drew, uh, the, we have nine running backs left on my list.
0: Um, I I have to give my third tier, and after I finish that up, I'll have eight left. So, or no. Se- 7 7 left. All right, so we're pretty much on par. Um Jonathan Taylor as a quick side note. It, right, that's the name? Of the rookie? Yes. Uh that is that feels like such an old school football name. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, oh 100%. Like that feels like a football name that we would have heard in like now 1970s running for the Buffalo Bills, Jonathan Taylor. Really? Um I don't know why it feels so vintage. Uh I, I, that's all I had to say. <laughs> all right so this is a tier of dudes that um i uh, three out of four of them because it's four people i think are uh still young still um either playing out their mind um no they're, they're these guys these, these three out of four of these guys are all playing phenomenal phenomenal football um some of their teams might not be great but they're all playing phenomenal football and then one guy is a prayer um cool and I think you know who that guy is. Um, it's Le'Veon Bell. And I have him this high, and it feels bizarre to have 12 be high for Le'Veon, um, considering the fact that like every year he's ever been in the league, he's been like number one, or one to three, depending right. on who you ask. Um, and since he's on my team, I watched all of his games, and it's brutal. Not because of him, At all, but because our offensive line was the saddest thing. I've literally never in my life, and I can say that very confidently based on the quality of player we've had on the Jets, I've never in my life seen an offensive line play that poorly for my team. Um, And it made people, it made Le'Veon worse, it made Sam Darnold worse, it made everyone worse. Um, And it's led to a lot of criticism of Le'Veon himself, which I understand because the production is on his pro football reference page. It's not on our offensive lineman's pages, but I mean, it's still there. I still believe in it. I still believe in, in his, in his magic, man. If, if Gase didn't seem to have such a bizarre hate boner for him, um, and our offensive line wasn't, uh, a pile of mashed potatoes, then I, I would say that, uh, maybe Belk would have had a great season last year too, based on the talent I saw. But unfortunately, both of those things were true. And, the hate boner is large and, and throbbing, and the mashed potatoes are soft and milky. So <laughs> we, we, we had no shot. He had, he had no shot. Uh, but we have a totally revamped offensive line. I think Gase understands at this point that if he doesn't perform this season, he's fucking gone. And that means you got to use your good player as well. So we'll see. Um, as per usual, I have the most to say about the only jet on my list, uh, (laughs) Josh Jacobs. The other three guys on my list are all Josh. They're Josh Jacobs, uh, Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon. Uh, three dudes, younger dudes, uh, having great, great, uh, starts to their seasons on teams that are, oh, such gigantic question marks. It hurts. Um. You know, Joe Mixon being on the Bengals who are in a huge, uh, set of flux right now, you know, going about a changeover from quarterback, having the number one pick in the draft last season, getting, um, um, uh, Joe Burrow, it could be phenomenal for them. And, and they could have a, a, a startlingly good offense heading into next season based on his talent alone, or, uh, everything could suck still who the fuck knows, um, Joe Mixon, though, has been been super talented. Um, He's he's performed so well up there. 1,400 yards plus uh, total scrimmage in the past two seasons each, um, which is phenomenal. Nick Chubb, again, playing really well on a bizarre Browns team that is trying to get as close to five hundred as they possibly can without going over because that's just too good. Um, And Josh Jacobs playing on a very strange um Las Vegas Raiders team that wants desperately to be the subject of a reality TV show and not a football team. Yeah, so
1: that's probably the best way to describe that Raiders team is just weird.
0: Yeah, it's straight bonkers. I mean the haircuts alone are ridiculous.
1: <laughs> oh, Mark Davis.
0: And 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 uh fucking um uh, the the coach's name who I can't think of. Gruden. Yeah, John Gruden's hair is also quite terrible. He gets, I think he 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 falls behind the shadow of Mark Davis's atrocious haircut because it's so much worse. But but Gruden's haircut is is no better. Um. So uh, yeah, those are my guys: Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, and Le'Veon Bell for my uh, third to final tier.
1: Nice. Um. So my next tier number three. Um. Again, I don't have names. I'm trying to come up with them, up, come up with some on the spot, and I'm just not creative enough to do it. So I'm just gonna start talking. Uh, I have Nick Chubb here at number nine. Uh, you might say, but he's one of the best young running backs in the league. How can you have him this low? And I'll say, yes, he is one of them, but he's not the best, and I think he's overrated. Um, Fair. I have him
0: at nine as well. I feel as not, though we've come to an agreement.
1: Nice. Um, I think he's pretty, not pretty, I think he's a little overrated. I think uh, Kareem Hunt outscored him all but one week last year uh, once he came back from suspension, maybe one or two weeks regardless. Um, I just think that he, I I don't know, I, I think he's very good. I don't think he's top tier material. Um, But we'll see, you know, he's still very young, uh, still a lot of game left, not yet in his prime, so we'll see. Uh, Next up is Derrick Henry. Um, It felt weird putting him this low, but the thing is, I feel like everyone else above him is a little more dynamic in the pass game. And I value that more being able to be a true three-down running back rather than just being an excellent power runner or being able to be a one-cut guy and take it to the house like uh, Derrick Henry is. It's just the style of play. Um, So next up, we have Joe Mixon. Uh, You just mentioned him, uh, who is a true three-down back. And I think now that the quintessential and just non-inspiring quarterback named Andy Dalton is gone. Um, I think this offense will really open up, and Joe Mason will finally be able to blossom the way he should have with the talent that he's shown in the NFL. Uh, I just really hope he stops punching women in the face. Uh, Yeah, that'd be great. Here we go. Another guy who doesn't have the best domestic violence history, Kareem Hunt. Uh, I think the most underrated running back in the NFL right now because he's kind of been forgotten about. He's been second fiddle to Nick Chubb, um, even though I think he's outperformed him and has looked better. Uh, I'm a big Kareem Hunt truther, uh, and I really hope he's one of the, the few running backs uh, to be able to get a large contract after you know coming off his rookie deal, and I hope he can go somewhere that really utilizes him. Uh, Because that would be very fun to see again. Um, So, yeah, that's my third tier.
0: Well, uh, for anyone saying, how could you forget Kareem Hunt? That seems impossible. Um, He's so talented. I forgot about Kareem Hunt. (laughs) And he's not on my list.
1: Which is fine, because, you know, he's not technically a starter. And if that's what you were looking at, that's your list, that's fine. But. I,
0: yeah, dude, I mean, when you said, like, Nick Chubb, who's playing with Cream Hunt, I was like, oh my god, that's right, he is. Fuck. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, folks. <laughs> oh, well. Eh, I don't think the folks care that much. Ah, eh, I wouldn't. All right, so I'm gonna be going, uh, my, uh, number seven through four, guys. So we're nearing the top of my list here. Uh, these are... Man, all all the dudes that are just two a, you know, like like are phenomenal fucking running backs. I don't know what else to saying. They are, all, they're not all they're not quite the cream of the crop, but they are. They're not the chaff. Uh, I don't know what the fuck to say about this tier. What do you think of when you think of second best? Think of that. That's the name of the tier. <laughs> um. So for this, I have Dalvin Cook, who I did not believe could ever be a good running back only because Corwin kept drafting him in fantasy football and I didn't want it to work out and then he kept being really great and making me sad. Um that's all you need to know folks. <laughs> that's the kind of hard-hitting analysis we have here. Um what was the name? I missed the name that you said. Dalvin Cook. Ah, uh, got it. Right, it makes sense. It's it's true. I Goddamn. traded him in
1: fantasy and it's one of the worst trades I've I've made. Like, looking back, and it's just, it makes me so
0: sad. What'd you trade him for?
1: So it's a dynasty league. It's not just a one-year redraft. So it's a guy that you have to, like, value the future for. I traded him straight up for the Le'Veon Bell. Oh. Plus, like, a first-round pick or something like that. And it's just like, oh, God. It hurts,
0: but it happens. I'm sorry. Yep. Well, uh, if it makes you feel any better, he's doing great, and Le'Veon's not. Um, so uh, he's been he's been a bright spot in the Minnesota offense that's been kind of difficult just with the constant fluctuation of the evaluation of Kirk Cousins, and in which one week he's like, the savior of Minnesota, and then the next week it's like, how are we paying him $30 million a year guaranteed? Um, so that's... He's, he's, though, been a standout player in, like, every single game he's fucking in. It's ridiculous. Derrick Henry is on this list for me. He is a titan amongst men. Um, And while he is, as Corwin said, kind of a one-trick pony, that one-trick is really fucking good. Um, And damn near carried the Tennessee Titans to, like, almost the Super Bowl this year, which is an insane sentence given... Not just this past season in which they gave up their starting quarterback for Ryan Tannehill, but just like the past like five to eight years, if not more, of Tennessee Titans football. Um, And Derek Derek Henry was just like, I got this. Like, you know, I'm just going to run really fast, really hard, and be really big. And it worked. Damn. Um, I have Alvin Kamara up here, which uh, is a little bit low. I understand for Alvin Kamara. He's he's really here only because I just didn't put him in my top three. And I wanted my top tier to be my top three. Um, but Alvin Kamara is real, real, real fucking good. Um, that's really it. He just wasn't literally in the top three. That's the only comment I have to say about why he's in this tier. Um, I get it. Yeah. And then Austin Eckler and i I, I wa- wa- wavered a lot on where to put him, and my initial instinct was to put him lower. And I wanted to give him um a big bump because of how much of a of a dual threat he really became in the past season, and how I think that can, you know, that type of flexibility can really help give him uh, stable usage, which can make him just more versatile and get him more touches and reps and passes and looks. In the upcoming season, he went from having 400 yards receiving in 2018 to having 993 yards receiving in 2019. Like it, a ridiculous jump in receiving production. Um, Rushing production still is like it was okay. You know, 550 yards in 2018, 550 yards in 2019. A difference of three yards, 554 to 557. Um, with like really similar stats, like some difference, some things up, some things down, doesn't really matter. Uh, but that receiving threat, I just found it to be so interesting um, if that can end up being a bigger part of his game. I understand a lot of it's short throws um, because that's what Philip Rivers was doing, a lot of check downs. But the fact that he's demonstrated he has the ability to do catch and runs to that just productive capacity, um, I think is interesting. And I wanted to give him some. Uh, wiggle room to, to really grow in that role. So he rounds out uh, that second to, to to the penultimate tier of my rankings here. Mm-hmm.
1: I like that. You know, it's uh, it's a good list so far.
0: Thanks, Never buddy. Ever.
1: So how many do you have left? Two?
0: I have three people left.
1: Ooh, three people. Okay, I know who the third person is now. Uh, and I would go out on a limb and say his name is Ezekiel Elliott, who I have here at number five.
0: It's actually uh, um, Ezekiel Smelliot.
1: Ah, shit. So close, so close.
0: Yeah. I like Ezekiel.
1: Anyway. Uh, I don't think he's... The, I don't know. I did. I really have nothing negative to say about him. It's just the positive things I have to say about the guys in front of him.
0: That's how oh, I felt with Alvin Kamara. Greater. Yeah,
1: it's just one of those things.
0: It, he, he's a victim of this list having to have more, multiple names on it, and he exactly. just wasn't put high enough. Exactly. Um,
1: next up, I have Dalvin Cook. Absolutely electric when he's on the field. When he's on the field. Uh, I You know, he had a, a healthy year last year. I can't imagine that stands up uh, throughout the rest of his career. He has just been way too injury prone, uh, dating all the way back through college. Um we'll see. I just I don't have the above faith faith uh in him staying healthy in the long run. Um and then number three is where I have Alvin Kamara. Um again all the skill of Dalvin Cook just without the major injury risk. I know uh he has his has had his small injuries in the past. Um, didn't have the best year last year compared to previously, but uh, I still think he's an excellent, excellent running back. Just just an ounce shy of being in that top tier.
0: Love it. Love it, love it, love it. All right, so then we should so – how many do you have left? You, 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 are you two or are you three? Two. Two. All right. So let me give my number three guy, and then we can bounce back and forth. Um, number three is Ezekiel Smelly. Um yeah, no, uh, he's he's real fucking good. He's he's real real fucking good. Um he benefits from having a phenomenal offensive line his entire career so far in Dallas, and that's absolutely incapable of being held against him. Um oh no, he's good with good tools. Uh, wow, shocker. Um people want to dig on him because it's the Cowboys, and I fully respect that and endorse it, but uh, for the purpose of keeping this list. 100% funky. He's got to be pretty high on it because he's in this list. Funky. <laughs> he's he's he just has yet to be bad, man. He's always, always good. And I hate it, but I respect it. So my number three for Ezekiel Elliott. I'll give my number two and I'll let you go go with it next. So that way, you that way, you have final say uh, with your final number one. My number two guy, and I'm sorry, is Saquon Barkley. <sighs> and I'm saying sorry. For two reasons, because one, either you have not been number one, and I have disrespected him by putting him at number two, or I'm sorry because I have him at number two, and so do you, and I stole your thunder, so either way, I'm sorry. Um, either way, I'm sure you have him, so I'm going to keep it light so that you can do a bigger thing on him, because you're so much better at this than I am, and I love you for it. Um, he's really fucking good! <laughs> and above that, he's so fun! Um. Uh-huh. If you don't like watching Saquon Barkley run the football, I don't understand why you've ever watched Saquon Barkley run the football. Um because you clearly just don't like the game of football. It's perfect. He's perfect. I love it. And I cede my time to court one.
1: Oh uh, man. Um I I don't have Saquon Barkley at number two, but I will still talk about him because
0: You can save it if you want. It's okay.
1: You know what? No, it's it's these guys. Our top two guys are so close, are so similar in what they do. Um, Might as well talk about them together, um, you know, and have this discussion. Both of them are terrific runners. Both of them are out-of-this-world pass catchers. And they're just, they're so electric. They just, they can avoid big hits. They can avoid contact. They can make anybody miss. Uh their ability in the open field with the ball in their hands is unmatched. These guys are going to be the top two running backs in the league for as long as they're fucking healthy. Um, you know, for the immediate future, they're just that good. Um Saquon, I have at number 1 because to me watching him play, he looks like he could be the best running back to ever play. Um, and I've had that opinion since he was at Penn State, since he was coming out of the draft. And if any one of you wants to say, okay, he went to Penn State, you're incredibly biased, that's the only reason he's saying that. I'm not going to fight you because there is some truth hidden in that. Um, But you can't deny the skill that you see. And, uh, you know, he had a high ankle sprain last season that hampered him kind of the entire season. And he was still the number two running back in the NFL. Uh, And it just so happened that Christian McCaffrey, who is also one of the best running backs to ever play the game, was having a historic year as well. Um, I mean, I have no complaints about either one of these guys. It would just be minuscule nitpicking that wouldn't be fair to how good they are in every other facet of their game. Um, I don't know how you could watch either one of these guys and have any fatal flaws or any flaws whatsoever when you watch them. Uh, they're just unbeatable. Um, if we had to rank all skill position players, including wide receivers, including tight ends, it would be the same one and two because these guys are just so good. They're just that good. I think at the end of the day, my final thought here is, you know, I think there is a top tier of running backs in the history of the NFL. Guys like Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton. um, And I think these guys are in that tier. If the rest of their careers are just a glimpse of what, or if what we've seen so far is just a glimpse of what they have left, uh, I think that will go without saying that they are amongst those names.
0: Very poetic. I love it. Uh, as you were talking, I realized I really shouldn't have Zeke in the same tier as them only because of that. You're right, there's that extra little bit that gives them um, just a, a, a rankings edge um, that makes me realize that, yeah, uh, you, you're definitely right to have them be like, top two. I was just thinking about it from a numerical standpoint. Um, I love it. A, that was
1: perfect. Zeke is a tremendous running back. It's just... Oh, yeah. I have a love affair with these two other guys, and Zeke's a little too hairy for me.
0: Ah, ah You don't like uh, all the... Uh,
1: he doesn't... He doesn't do uh, social distancing. Therefore, I cannot put him in the top tier. Fair,
0: fair enough, my friend. Uh, so, yeah, my number one, of course, has Christian McCaffrey, I'm not even going to really say anything about it um, because there's no point. Shall we move to tight ends real quick? Yes.
1: I feel like 10 ends are definitely going to go quicker because I don't know a whole lot about tight ends. I was going mean, to
0: say, I'm going to have a lot of guys uh, <laughs> where... Um, I'm. We'll, we'll get into it, but a lot of my answers are going to be for why I put people where I put them. Um, I wanted to get to 10. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I mean, there's... A lot you could say about the receiving aspect of this these guys because we are so involved in fantasy and just watching the game. That's what stands out. I know blocking is a major aspect of being a tight end, but I you know have said it before and I've said it. I will say it again. I am not ter- terrific. I'm not even arguably good at evaluating blocking. Um, that's why we're not doing an offensive lineman list here. Um, but yeah, I, unless they stand out as blockers, which a couple guys do, don't get me wrong, it's going to be hard to, to distinguish that between a lot of these guys.
0: Um, all right, so how many do you have for this list?
1: I have 25, um, but I am not confident in a lot of them, in um, where I put a lot of them.
0: I have 10. Um, as I said, do you want to just power through your fifteen, or do you want to uh, forget sure. them? Do you want to give us a, a limited number of them? How how you feeling about that?
1: I have a cutoff at number ten, so I could bust through these. I'll just give the names. Yeah, sure. Um, all right. So from twenty six to the you know whatever number of how many tight ends there are, I have labeled the rest because I do not know how to distinguish between any one of them. Um, I just don't watch them enough. They just aren't big enough names, they just aren't utilized enough. I don't care enough. Um Yeah, so I'm not gonna uh I'm not gonna argue that any further. Uh at twenty-five, Jimmy Graham. He used to be very good. I forgot about him. He wow. is not good anymore. If you put I was gonna ask you if you put him in your top ten, and if no. you did I was probably gonna end the episode. <laughs> it's just the fact that the Bears gave this man any sort of guaranteed money for the season is ridiculous. It has gotten to a point in his career where it is a pain watching him play. Um, he I does, genuinely
0: uh, forgot he didn't retire.
1: Yeah, I mean, he has never been a blocker, and his blocking is still nowhere close to what you would consider acceptable. Um, and he just doesn't have the movement to be a good receiver anymore. I just, I am so against Jimmy Graham as being a marquee player to, to, in the eyes of teams in front offices. It's just driving me nuts. Um, so, yeah, I also have guys like Jay Sternberger, Ian Thomas, and Greg Olson in there. Feels bad putting Greg Olson there, but. I, he's got one foot in the broadcast booth. He is very old, always injured, and does not move very well. So I just put him any higher. My next tier, uh, in order from bottom to top, I have Irv Smith, super athletic receiver. I'm excited to see him take over in Minnesota. Blake Jarwin. I looking at this. I I wish I put Blake Jarwin lower. I just I have no major positives to say about him. I'm I'm just all right. I'm pulling an executive decision. I am moving him to the lower tier. I don't care. He's getting pushed down. And then uh okay. we have TJ Hawkinson uh who looked really good his first game of his career and then didn't look all that great for the rest of the season. Had high points, had a lot of low points. Uh I still think he has an absolute ton of potential. It just so happens that tight ends take a long time to develop in the NFL. Uh, And then we have Jonu Smith, super athletic guy, taking over for Delaney Walker in Tennessee. Uh, High hopes for him, but we haven't seen much consistency from him um, in the blocking or receiving game. So there it is. And then Eric Ebron, who, again, not much of a blocker, uh, has shown tremendous ability in the red zone for receiving. A uh, little inconsistent everywhere else. Hopefully, now that he has Ben Roethlisberger there, and the Steelers like using tight ends, he can finally get some usage in. But he'll be like the number three, four option on that team. And I just I don't see him having an electric year. But here he is at number sixteen. Um, and then my fourth tier, uh, we have Tyler Higbee who had a tremendous end of the year last year. Uh, but we'll see if he can hold on to that, if he can beat off Gerald Everett, who I don't have on this list. I don't really you care.
0: you think he beats off Gerald Everett?
1: I think he beats him off every day in practice.
0: Ah, I love to see That's, that. That's that, that just good old-fashioned football, basketball That's good old-fashioned football. Yeah it, yeah, it
1: it you on here if uh, if you're not beating off other dudes on the football field. I just don't know what you're doing, right? Uh,
0: cool now, you, you see, Skia, back in the day, we would we would use the ejaculate to help us catch the football.
1: Uh, it, I don't know what you're talking about, man.
0: When you a- ran out of stick'em, you, you'd come. Oh, I got nothing.
1: I put this podcast on my fucking resume, dude.
0: I'll take that. No, I'm not going to take it out.
1: Possible employers are listening to this. And you know what? I hope you don't take it out because uh, I should know what they're getting into. Uh, If you are a potential employer listening to this this far into the episode. sup?
0: (laughs) I demand a raise. raise.
1: (laughs) 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 But next up, I have Hayden Hurst here. Um, Just kind of got lost behind Mark Andrews in Baltimore. Got traded to... Atlanta, where he's going to take over for Austin Hooper. I can't put him any higher just because he hasn't had the spotlight on him. He hasn't been able to showcase his talents. I am so high on him for this year, though. I think he's going to have a, a major breakout. Um, I I just I have a lot of hope in Hayden Hurst, a lot of hope in him. Uh, next up is Jack Doyle. Uh, I think the way he's utilized in Indianapolis... Uh, is great now that Ebron's gone. Terrific blocker. That is something I have noticed about him because I used to watch him when he was on my fantasy team, Um, but highly utilized in both blocking and running and passing situations. Um, But I think he's, as a whole, I think he's undervalued. Uh, And then we have Austin Hooper here, like I mentioned Um, we'll see how he does in Cleveland. I don't have the highest hopes for his production moving forward, but as talent, he is very good. Um, And then we have Mike Kosicki here. I'm a big Mike Kosicki fan. I think, again, not much of a blocker. I will take that from him. But as a receiver, I think he has the chance to be one of the best in the NFL. Um, Again, because I'm biased, but also I've seen enough of him prior to his time in Miami, to know that, God damn, he is a tremendous receiver. Tremendous ability to high point the ball. um, Excellent in 50-50 ball situations when he's got to get up there. Tremendous vertical. Very good body control. Very good movement. Again, not going to block very well. But as a receiver, he's pretty damn good. And then to close out, number 11, I have jared cook here um kind of one of those guys that always gets it done not you know the most athletic not the best blocker but he does a little bit of everything well and i just honestly this was one of the guys i just had a hard time placing so i put him here
0: so what number are we on now uh i have my top 10 left okay okay so here let me let me go first on the 10 and then uh so that way, again, you you can have a final word after the uh, after we hit number one. Uh, so number actually, um, I I added a name in here somewhere uh, because I realized I didn't have him. I'm not going to reveal who. It uh, doesn't matter. Um, but I do have eleven now, so I'm actually going to read two. Um, I didn't put them in tears. I thought about it and I was like, honestly, I'd be making the fuck up. Um, I uh, there, there's an obvious top three and a half, um, and then everyone else is here because this is the order I imagined them in. Um, so my Number 11 and number 10 ranked dudes um, in either order. Um, And I actually feel very comfortable lumping them together because I did not know their names prior to making this spreadsheet because of how little I care. Um, Tyler Higby, who you mentioned already, and Darren Waller. And I know nothing about them. I'm not even sure what teams they play for. Um, And they are here because I wanted at least 10. I respect that. (laughs) I'm so sorry.
1: It's fine. So you want to go just uh, name by name?
0: Yeah, yeah. Give give me your number 10 guy. Uh,
1: I have no fan here. Uh, Also a rookie. Another Iowa tight end out of last year's draft along with TJ Hawkinson. Uh, He just showed a lot more. Um, He showed the upside that TJ Hawkinson did in the first game just throughout the entire season. Uh, I think he's going to have a very good career ahead of him but he is still very young um still a lot of development to do especially for a tight end uh but i have a lot of faith in him moving forward
0: right on um at number uh 9 i have eric ebron um i have him i guess a little bit on the low end one could say but his time has been inconsistent um he was phenomenal in uh, in his time in Indianapolis, um, which was a huge change from his time in Detroit, and um, I'm a fan of everyone succeeding who seems like a good dude, and Eric Ebron seems like a good dude, and I hope that he has a phenomenal, phenomenal year. Uh, But his play's been inconsistent, um, but recently it's been really good. I just have him here due to his mild inconsistency, and I think everyone above him is just maybe Uh, a shade more uh, consistent in their production. So, Argy Brown, number nine.
1: Yeah. Um, I really hope he has a good season too. No bias involved there. Uh, Put number nine on my list, I have Dallas Goddard. uh, Was a guy that I wasn't even sure I was going to include because he's a number two tight end for the Eagles. Um, But the talent, I think, is clear when he is on the field. You know, he's behind Zach Ertz. I think he could be a starter for all but eight other teams in the NFL because he's number nine. That's how math works. Uh, but I think he's going to have a tremendous career ahead of him. Um, you know, he's a good receiver. He's a good blocker. He does everything well. Um, and I think if if Zackertz retires, I don't know, he's 29, he's still got some time ahead of him, or if he's moved, Whatever it may be, Dallas, that Goddard could easily take over that role and become uh, a true breakout tight end, top tier guy uh, because of the volume and production.
0: Love it, love it, love it. Uh, number eight on my list is Hunter Henry. Um, he has been, uh, it's tough to call players who like miss time from injuries inconsistent, um, but. Uh, here we are. It's an unfortunate reality uh, uh, in terms of g- dishing out rankings. When Hunter Henry played, basically, I think basically, was he play all sixteen games is rookie? I have to look it up now. Um, ah, he played most of them. He played enough that it matters. Um, when he's on the field, I'll just put it that way. When he's on the field, seems like he has a great command over a complete aspect of his game. Uh, he missed like all of twenty eighteen. I think he missed uh, a, a few games here and there from 2019. And also I think probably suffered a little bit from just how inconsistent the team was. Uh, but I still think he's a super talented guy. Um, and is one of the more consistent and cheap. So, you know, he's not going anywhere players that the, uh, the chargers have. Um, and here's hoping that he, uh, is capable of con- continuing his production without having uh, Philip Rivers there.
1: Uh, it might get better because Philip Rivers isn't there
0: anymore. Uh, yeah, yeah, pro- probably will. Uh, so
1: next up at number eight on my list is where I have Darren Waller. Uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to give my number seven too because it's Darren Waller and Hunter Henry. Uh, and there's no need to waste time not talking about them. Um, sure. Darren Waller... Definition of a move tight end. Essentially a giant wide receiver. Uh, Not very utilized in the red zone. I think they need to figure that the fuck out. Um, But still a very good tight end. Very skilled with the ball in his hands. Uh, Hunter Henry. One of those guys. Good all around. The only thing stopping him from becoming a top tier guy is the injury history. Um, And, you know this is where I have a break for my next tier. Uh, and I think any one of these guys this season could leapfrog out of this, uh, out of this tier and, uh, jump up to the next one.
0: Um, all right. Let me real quick. Give, uh, my next two guys. No, you need
1: to give one. I I do. All right.
0: Okay. Uh, Uh, your
1: last guy you said was what? Number eight.
0: Uh, Yes, so this guy is my number seven guy. Okay, so then we're even. All right, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, next on my list, I have Jared Cook. Um, Jared Cook had... Uh, oh, he's been in the league way longer than I thought he was. Jesus, we, we, how how old do you think Jared Cook is?
1: 30? 32. Okay.
0: Um, yeah,
1: and... I know he played in Green Bay for a while. I don't yeah. remember where he was before that.
0: Before that, he was in St. Louis, and before that, he was in Tennessee. He's been in the league for ten seasons.
1: Damn, I remember 11. I remember St. Louis now a little bit. I don't remember him being in in, in Tennessee at all.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I don't remember St. Louis. So I remember Green Bay and Oakland, and obviously New Orleans. Um, oh my God, yeah, yeah, he played in, his his rookie season was Tennessee in two thousand
1: nine. Uh, isn't that the year uh, Chris Anderson ran for like two thousand yards?
0: I believe so. Yeah, that's the last 2,000 uh, K season. I find
1: yeah. that out, but yeah, we'll we'll figure that out. I'll
0: um, man, what a what a what a what a pro football reference page. He has been remarkably good that entire, or at least remarkably yeah, consistent. Again, good. tough to to judge, but this is this is a very handsome looking page. And despite the fact that he's going at his age 33 season, something I did not realize. <laughs> Uh, prior to two minutes ago, I still feel good about leaving him here. He's never bad. Yeah.
1: Damn. Chris Johnson. What a career he had. Yeah. Just looking over this. CJ2K, baby. CJ2K. K. Um, I got very much distracted. I don't remember if you said a new name past Jared Cook or not. I did not. No, Jared Cook was, was my uh, guy um all right so my next guy at number six i have evan Ingram. um a guy like darren waller very much a move tight end very much a giant wide receiver uh and you know like a lot of these other guys the only detriment to his game other than blocking is injuries you know he has not been healthy consistently in his entire career um has shown a great chemistry with Daniel Jones. I think when if he can come back and stay healthy, he will be an excellent, excellent tight end. Um it's just you know the best ability is availability and he's almost never available. So there it is.
0: Fair enough. Um my next guy is Austin Hooper, formerly of Atlanta, currently of Cleveland. Right? Okay. Um, he's been like ramping up his career. I feel I've, I, I, am looking at his profile, put pro football reference page, expecting to have seen 2018 be his first season. And it was not 2016 was, um, and he played like a full season in 2016 and 2017. And I have zero recollection of either of those years, but, um, he's been improving every time he's done it with, um, not a bad team, not not like a great team, but like a a, a decent enough team. So, seeing what he'll end up being with um the big mess of confusion that is Cleveland will be, uh, maybe a good determination of what factors belong to him, what factors belong to uh the system he was in. Uh, playing under Baker Mayfield might be great. Might have a um just a younger dude who's a little bit more willing to just chuck it on up there. Uh, than Matt Ryan necessarily was. Not that he was conservative, but there could be more opportunities for um, Austin Hooper to incre- keep increasing his production or at least maintain. 787 yards is a, is a plentiful number for uh tight end. So uh, even if he can just maintain while in Cleveland, that's a, definitely a success of a season. So Austin Hooper.
1: Nice, nice, nice. Uh, my number five guy now, I have Mark Andrews here. Um, you know, this is now at the point where I don't have anything inherently negative to say it's just the guys ahead of him I think are better um I think his chemistry with Lamar Jackson is real um, I think they're going to continue to get better and better as Lamar Jackson just somehow finds a way to get better at passing um you know Mark Andrews gets better at being a tight end because again that shit takes a while um so i think they have a very bright future ahead of them uh should be exciting shit not as a steelers fan though that's gonna suck
0: i understand uh so number five for me is maybe controversial i don't know if you have him on your list um i put rob gronkowski um because he's coming out of retirement Um,
1: interesting choice
0: yeah and obviously man you could put gronk literally anywhere on this list and have an argument as to why he deserves to be there and i think all of them would be justified if you put him in the top three it's like yeah he might have been out of the league for like a two two years uh but it's like rob fucking gronkowski like one a or one b depending on who you talk to about being like the greatest tight end of all time um or if you wanted to put him at 10 for like literally the exact same reason that he missed so much time of football, because he was retired and hasn't had like NFL workouts like, all right. Yeah, that's a reason too. Um, Which is why I thought middle of the pack here would probably be the safest place um, to avoid controversy. But the fact of the matter is he's coming back and I, I cannot picture a world in which Tom Brady to Rob Gronkowski goes poorly because it just never has. And even if it's not like, a booming success, one thousand yard season, or anything like that. A five hundred yard season, out of these two old fucking farts with a near combined age of fucking seventy five, if not higher, is remarkable. So, uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm dancing a little bit here, but I'm going to put Rob Gronkowski up up here at number five.
1: I applaud you for it. I do. Uh, I hate him, but I respect him. Uh, my number four, I have Zach Ertz. Again, nothing negative to say. He's one of the guys that will block. He will receive. That sounded weird. Um, but he does all of those things well. Uh, I have no complaints about him. Uh, I hope that he can keep up with the production with uh, Dallas Goddard kind of blooming into himself. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's Zacherts. Kind of the, the odd man out when you talk about the top tight ends nowadays, but uh, still very much deserves to be there. Beautiful.
0: Um, I have him a very near, uh, but I have at number four, Mark Andrews of Baltimore, whom we've talked about previously. Um, he's very good. He came out of fucking nowhere and had a monster of a season. Um, Which was super. I feel like there's a special type of 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 fun. I don't know special special enjoyment out of like a really great tight end season because there's just so few of them, um, or there's just so few players that get the chance to have them. Um, So I thoroughly enjoyed the Mark Andrews Revolution of 2019. I'm almost certain you did not, Uh, but um, yeah. Great sophomore campaign. Uh, really looking forward to what he does next year with uh, seemingly like the exact same offense. So, yeah, hmm. Mark Andrews, number four.
1: Uh, so next up, number three, I have Rob Gronkowski. Oh! <laughs> uh And just like you said, there's a lot of reasons to put him lower on this list. But the only reason I have for it is, has he proven himself not to be deserving of this yet? Uh, Not really. You know, he was very hampered by injuries the last time we saw him play in the NFL. Didn't quite look himself, uh, but he's fully healthy. Uh, He should be in full game shape at this point, working out during the quarantine like uh, he's shown like he is. He has not proven himself to be anything other than the Rob Gronkowski we know. And I am going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he has absolutely deserved it. Um, I'm not gonna put him in the top tier because those other guys are still able to perform and we've seen them perform. But Rob Gronkowski at the you know, as of right now, is still at the least the third best tight end in the NFL.
0: And there you have it, folks. Uh it's it's just Death taxes and Rob Gronkowski having like at least six hundred yards and, and seven touchdowns in the season. These are the inevitables in life. <laughs>
1: um, uh, let's hear your top two because we have the same top two, just
0: maybe a different order. Well, I still have my number three guy, but my so oh. my number three guy is, is Zach Ertz, who we already mentioned. Zach Ertz, who is going into his uh, eighth season. Yes, um, and is that information I have readily available. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It is it is eight. I just can't count. Um it, it, what do you want? He's 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 fucking good. He's always good. He's cash money. His last season was his second most productive season in terms of yards of his career and he was 29 and there's no reason to think he can't do it again. Um as his team is probably marginally better um than they were last season um so long yeah, as Carson wants really Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Look at that great quarterback play. Um all right. I'll give you my number 2 guy and and then you can I'm almost certain guess who my number 1 guy is so we can see if we have uh the same order here. My number 2 guy is Travis Kelsey. Who do you got number 2? I have Travis Kelsey. Oh, we got the same order. All right. Yeah. All right. All right.
1: I mean Tell me about there, Travis Kelsey. What's there to say? I mean, the guy's so good. I mean, there's there's nothing we can say that will provide any information to people listening that they don't already know about him. Um, It's really just, you know, we both have George Kittle at number one. I think the only difference for me is that George Kittle may be one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL, and Travis Kelsey isn't. Um, You know, George Kittle is a complete package for anything you want him to do. Uh, and honestly, if I had a choice between a guy, you know, a top tight end or, you know, I'm sorry, a top wide receiver or George Kittle, most likely I'm going to favor George Kittle because he adds a whole nother dynamic to an offense. He can catch like a receiver. He is that Mitch mat mix match in the receiving game. And he can block like a motherfucker when I want to run the ball. And that's just so valuable that guys like Tyree Kill or Odell Beckham Jr. just don't provide. Um, So it will be interesting to see while he goes through contract negotiations right now what he ends up getting paid. Um, San Francisco wants to pay him like a tight end. He wants to get paid like a wide receiver. I'd argue he should be paid like a wide receiver, but we'll see how it actually goes.
0: Yeah, I have nothing creative to say about either of these players either, um, except for the fact that Travis Kelsey has one of the least likable personalities on one of the best football players in the game right now, and that con- that uh, combination is very frustrating because uh, I I hate like nine out of ten white dudes that have diamond stud earrings because there's a certain type of white dude that gets diamond stud earrings, and Travis Kelsey's that guy. Um, but goddamn, it is he good at football and. Uh, and uh, that's literally the only negative thing I have to fucking say about him. <laughs> so, so I mean, yeah, damn. Um, he's he's good, man. Tr- George Gill is good. I, I, yeah. I don't fucking know what you want me to say here. These are the, like the two most obviously best dudes at their position playing the game right now. Um, they're doing it at a high fucking level. So there you go. Yeah, that was a that was a good little list we had together. Long, I end. agree. I don't yeah, we, uh, we, this was definitely the tight end list was definitely the closest I think we've been outside of the quarterback list,
1: yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure,
0: which makes sense,
1: you know. Uh, who do you, who was like the one guy that we were split on the most
0: on tight ends, yeah? Um, maybe Darren Waller just because you had him, um, like two or three spots higher than me, yeah. I don't know, I don't know. Maybe Rob Gronkowski, because I had him at five and you had him at three. Like, we really weren't very far apart yeah, on this. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, this, uh-huh. this, was, this was good. This this basically rounds out, like we said last week, this basically rounds out the offense. We have uh, quarterback, wide receiver, running back, and tight end. That's really all the positions that we're going to, I think Corwin or I feel comfortable really ranking and having a level of uh, confidence behind it. So we're, we're going to start trying to do defense soon. Uh, We'll hopefully also be providing more updates towards sports reopening as they come out. Meaningful updates, not as too much hearsay um, as we try to avoid it just because it's no fun to talk about something. And then the next day it changes because it's just word of mouth and nothing concrete. But yeah, we'll keep it posted. Um, Anything else you could think of that we didn't touch on?
1: Uh, No, not really.
0: All right, cool. Well, then uh, we're going to... Get going. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. If you want to hit us up via email, you can do so at JuicingTheNumbers at gmail.com. And until Thursday, y'all have a good one and stay safe.